Welcome to Word Processing, a resource of Oak Ridge Bible Chapel. Listen in as we discuss issues of God, His Word, and His people. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Word Processing, a podcast of Oak Ridge Bible Chapel in Oakville, Ontario. I am Josiah. I am the pastor here at the church, and I'm joined today with Nate. And what we wanted to do today is to talk through a sermon that Nate put before uh, God's people here this past Sunday. And we want to talk about the issue of sanctification, which is what he brought to us. And with such a heavy issue, it really demands more conversation. Even, Nate, you spoke for 40, 45 minutes on Sunday, and yet... Do you feel like you just scratched the surface of the issue of sanctification? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit more to say, right? There is a lot more to say, uh, especially since the assignment was sanctification and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there's a lot more to say. You may have had the hardest assignment of the entire series, to be honest. I think so. Well, there's still a couple more sermons to go, so we'll see. We'll, see. <laughs> well why don't we start here? Why don't you give us an overview or, an, or a bit of an outline of what you talked about on Sunday, just to situate us, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so I think there was a threefold uh, or structure to this to, to the message, and that was that first that sanctification is a realized position that every believer uh, is is sanctified already, uh, and that is that the moment you come to faith is that that is also the moment that you are being or, or that you have been sanctified uh, there and in the same way that your uh, salvation is predestined or is secured before you even made a decision in that same way is your sanctification done and uh, I think that was a yeah uh, that was the first point is that our position is of being sanctified and with with that comes that uh, as we are in Christ Jesus uh, is that we cannot become more sanctified than we already are which uh, was a bit of a surprise to me when mm-hmm. I uh, pondered these thoughts and from the responses from the congregation I think also news to some other people uh, but I think if you cannot be saved more than that you are saved, then it's also you cannot be more more sanctified than that yeah. you're sanctified. So if you put it like that, then it's it's sort of uh, yeah, uh, it, it doesn't we, make sense. Yeah, it uh, seems that we sometimes cause the confusion because we use and admittedly the Bible uses sanctification in different ways at times, right? I wonder maybe we should back up a little bit and say, okay, what do we mean when we say sanctification? Because that is like a million dollar Christianese word, right? Yeah. What is sanctification? Um, because sometimes I think we use it in the past tense rightly, and the Bible uses it in the yeah. past tense, done deal. But then we also use it in the progressive sense, which we'll exactly. get to in a minute as yeah. well. So let's start with just the definition. What are we talking about when we're talking about sanctification? So I think most often the commonly used definition of sanctification is to be set apart or be separated from sin. Okay. And so we define sanctification, I think, at least that's what, what I've learned, is by what it is not. Like you are sanctified if you don't sin, mm. or you're holy if you don't sin. And uh, it's true definition, I think. It's not super helpful because it's you define something good by what it is not. Mm-hmm. And I think something good deserves its own definition, uh, I think. Uh, but then your, your mind is also drawn to, well, then I need to avoid everything that has to do with sin in order to become sanctified or become mm-hmm. holy. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, I don't think it's super helpful. I think the way, and that was the realization for me, is that, that those verses where it speaks of you are sanctified, is that while well, you are set apart, which is then 
another definition of being holy is that you're set aside from this world you're saved out of this world uh, you're set aside from sin you're saved from sin but i never for myself i, I didn't clearly grasp the the implication of that fact it, it was more of a like well you're now on the other side of the line mm-hmm. without being said oh i'm on the other side of the line like with all the benefits and 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 uh, that comes come with mm-hmm. that yeah, it's more that you're looking at the line instead of the area where you are. Right. right. Uh, they're like, I'm on the right side of the border, but you're still looking at the border instead of you turn around and say, wow, all of mm-hmm. this land is now mine. And I think when it's positional sanctification, is that all the blessings, all the sanctity, uh, the, the, the holiness of Christ are now mine. Yeah. And that is the looking, he's turning around and looking at the... Yeah, I like how you're really aligning us or our sanctification with Christ's, which is how Paul and others talk about it. We're in Christ. Because if we ask the question, well, how sanctified is Jesus? You know, how pure is Jesus? How holy is Jesus? How uh, apart from sin is Jesus? We would all say all the way, 100%. But then when we think, okay, but where are we as believers? Well, positionally, we are in Jesus. So then what do we get? Well, we get... Um, the full sanctification positionally uh, that he has. And that, that is, like you're saying, that kind of helps me picture it, even though our experience in this life day to day would beg to differ in our sanctification. Oh. We'll get to well, that well, in a moment here. <laughs> but but at least I have to just cling to that truth. That the Bible says that I am a, as Paul calls us, saints. I am a oh. saint, um, which means a holy one, a, a set aside one, one in Christ. But boy, that is a, a tough thing to get my head around. Some days, yeah, and I've 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 never doubted the truth of being a saint. Mm-hmm. I just never got the full implication of that. that right. Then the sanctification, this the the holiness of Christ is then mine, as well. And so I, I, it's more the focus of wow, saints are set aside from we we, we do this and we say saints and sinners. Yes, uh, but it's like, yeah, you you were a sinner and now you are a saint, even if. The, there's so much room to grow still like right. positionally in Christ we are completely yeah sanctified and and then and I think it's what I said on Sunday as well is that like if we strive for holiness which is a good calling and a good pers- uh, it's, it's good to pursue holiness yeah, but if you then think to yourself well can I be more holy than than the Lord Jesus yes well, of course not right and so in that sense uh, that should give rest that that I don't have to worry that yeah. my sanctification depends on whatever I'm yeah. doing. So you're getting into the next question I had, which is this idea of a quick practical implication. So let's start with each of these in turn. There's this positional reality and then this progressive pursuit. Yeah. Like we're supposed to pursue holiness, even though we are holy. So let's start with the first one, which is this positional one, the one we've been mainly talking about. Okay, so I'm in Christ. I am set apart. I am sanctified. When I believed in Jesus, I became sanctified. So what? What what practical implication does that uh, make for you in your life, Nate, as you think about that and learn of that reality and you talked about all the blessings you have in Christ? What difference does that, that make today in your life and will tomorrow, etc.? So I think it had two things. On the one hand, it had the, the it gave a lot of rest. Mm. It's almost that there's a burden that, because I always have the feeling that I'm not enough, that I'm not holy enough which is absolutely true like if i look at myself like let's 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 be let's be clear like 
I might I might have I might have the idea that I progressed a bit in holiness for the last 30 years or so. Maybe that's true, and maybe I could have become more holy in the past 30 years, which is definitely true. But if I were to look at that and then try to draw out a line and say where I'm going to be in 30 years, and would that remotely scratch the surface of holiness? The answer is absolutely never not. And if I were to look at that progress and that projection and think, oh, woe is me, uh, which is the right response, because woe is me. If, if it were to depend on my efforts to do anything in that realm, uh, I should stop. Yeah. Like, from a human point of view, like... It's discouraging. It's discouraging. Deflating, yeah. There's, why uh, would I bother? It's, it's, well, why bother? And it's also, it, it, it's, you can feel trapped because mm-hmm. you know... Uh, with your mind, like if you if you desire to please God, uh, you know what He wants, or some of the things that He wants, and then you know all the failings in your life where you sh- fall short of that, and so you're like the believer then is like trapped, yeah. because it's not that you can uh, revert back to the state of not knowing. You say, well, let let's give up and and let's stop yeah. now, because you can't, you can't go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that would be that would be miserable. Yeah. And at no point reading the New Testament, I get the feeling that that is the position where a believer should be of, on the one hand, knowing God's standard for holiness, and on the other hand, and haha, this is, uh, yeah, we're just going to look how you fail every time. Uh, It's like running after the carrot and never be able to get it. It yeah. just keeps on moving, and it's for his entertainment, I suppose. Yeah, and then, feel, yeah. And then, that's not the God we serve. I don't think yeah. no. no, and that's that's the uh, that would be cruel. Yeah. Uh, when you say that, also is like you talk about this rest that gives us a peace that is consistent with what the New Testament seems to make clear. Take my yoke upon you; it's light. Yeah, my burden is is light. There's rest. Uh, we have an anchor behind the veil, an anchor for our soul. There's this security, which seems to have these pictures of peace and rest. Lead, even in the Old Testament, I lead you beside quiet water, still waters. Yeah. It's not this this churning anxiety of I did not do enough. It seems to be the, all, the opposite picture. Exactly. The other realization was that, uh, and I think that's, at least for me, that was not something that we talk a lot about in the context of holiness, is that everything depends on the relationship with God. And so if we are adopted in the family of God, we become children of God. And that's, that's, that's clearly what the Bible says about uh, coming to faith, that you're adopted in the family of God. And uh, when the writer of Hebrews talks about fathers and children and, and discipline, he makes a parallel of what this is, what, what, what fathers do on earth in discipline. And here's what God does with his children in terms of disciplining and it's in this context of holiness that this is something happens that within the family of God. Uh, I think that's something that's connected with that piece of mm-hmm. uh, you are a child of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not going to change. And God is your father. That's not going to change. But then within that realm, that's where then where the sanctification yeah. uh, is is. Uh, she, uh, takes takes place yeah. and it's then the second form of, of the call for sanctification well let's go there now then let's talk about this progressive view so we are positionally sanctified as believers and that gives us great peace and rest but there are also as you pointed out on Sunday calls to yeah. sanctification underneath that umbrella and so I have a 
bunch of questions here for you that I think I'm just going to give to you all at once. And you sure. can navigate them however you see fit, ignore other ones, whatever the case may be. So we are sanctified, but we are to pursue sanctification. The obvious question that comes to my mind and some of the people that Paul was writing to as well, the obvious question seems to me is, why would I bother? Oh. It seems like a lot of hard work. I'm already sanctified, so why pursue sanctification? What are the consequences if I don't, if I don't do that? Yeah. Um, if I decide to actually pursue sanctification, how do I do that? Oh. And what are the consequences if I do? So I'm going to throw all of those to you. You can take the rest of the time and lead us uh, to truth. I wish I had the answers. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I think, uh, so, first, so first off, I think what was extremely helpful to me was to read those calls for holiness in the context of the position of being sanctified. Okay. Because if you don't do that, uh, there is, I think, a serious believer who then reads those calls to holiness. And there's stern passages, and I think for good reason, uh, uh, to pursue holiness, uh, or as Peter writes, be holy as I'm holy. And you could read those verses and then throw your hands in the air and sit down and say, I'm dumb. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way if God says, be holy be, because I'm holy, and you know a little bit of how holy God is, is uh, that I. But I don't think that Peter wrote that, those, that verse with that to work that intent. And so clearly, there is something that can be done, needs to be done in, in the practical sanctification. Uh, it's something that is does not come natural. And I think that's why it's the exhortation of it's something you need to pursue. Uh, it's something that you need to learn. So that's very, uh, and so we're going to come to that where the Holy Spirit comes in. Is is that it needs to be taught of what what is what does holiness actually mean? Uh, so apart from the language, the the jargon issue of what does it mean that God is holy, and what does it mean that we should be holy like He is? So that's something that that needs to you need to unwrap. Uh, and it's also something that. I don't think you get advanced. Like there's not because that would be too much if if somebody comes to faith and says, "Well, and here is the six volume manual of how to become holy." Mm -hmm. uh, but we're writing another six volumes of of uh, in addition to that. So I think there there is something of a process there, and I have to be careful because on the one that I'm 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 sympathetic to the idea of that that God is this process differently with everybody. But then, on the same, by the same token, I think there is a certain there, there, not a bar, but there is a there's a standard of holiness. Mm -hmm. But different people need to learn different different things mm -hmm. in that, and need to discover different things about God. Aside from things. pleasing the Lord, which is yeah. an obvious consequence of and yeah. just being obedient to Him to pursue holiness, have you experienced any uh, blessings that come along with the pursuit of holiness, even though? We stumble toward it. Let's be honest. It's not like it's this straight line toward uh, progressive sanctification. We're not. Uh, there is a lot of. It seems like two steps forward, one step back as we fumble toward holiness. What are some of the blessings? Some of the consequences of actually picking up that cross and following Jesus toward holiness. I think that's actually an important point to 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 mention that we take that call to holiness serious. Not because out of a desire of self-improvement, which is abundant in society. And I think those Christians yeah, are yeah. not immune yeah, for sure. to that desire to, to become a better version of yourself. Mm -hmm. 
but we do we pursue this call to holiness because it's God who takes it serious. And so I think that's that was a first like very like right there like we want to pursue as you say we want to pursue holiness because it pleases God. So I think that's one. I think the other is in the context of what Peter says as obedient children. I think. Uh, there's a blessing of being obedient. There's a joy in being obedient, which then, and yeah. that's a bit weird, to be honest. There's a joy in pursuing holiness. And I think mm-hmm. those are three words that we never yes. uh, combine in one <laughs> yeah. sentence of, well, you have joy, and we associate that typically with, typically with some unholy activities and then you have holiness and that's not uh, that is the the kill joy well i think you mentioned on sunday guilty pleasure sinful pleasure those two things uh, oftentimes go together and i think uh, there is a bit of unlearning in in terms of 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 what it means to be holy and what it means to 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 i think depending on the church background that you come from the, the upbringing that you have i think there can be some scars of of, of, of that, that intuitively or instinctively we we shy away from holiness yeah. there but I think there is a there is a way to to well because God calls us yeah. to to if we f- if we take that call serious there will be a blessing to that I appreciate yeah. the sensitivity to people coming from perhaps harmful backgrounds where they have baggage with rules and guidelines and I appreciate the sensitivity that the Lord doesn't necessarily call all of us the exact same way. It doesn't look the same way. Just like to live out a godly marriage won't look the exact same way in your home as oh. in my home. There's there's nuance right, to those things. But I'm wondering in your life, like what have you seen has worked as far as pursuing holiness? What are some disciplines that you put in place, some things that you have found have aided in that pursuit of progressive sanctification? So I think that a uh, small thing, but to be... Uh, to start the day with 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 uh, with the Lord and with with opening God's Word, I think that's uh, it's still something that I, as as, as life changes, mm-hmm. is uh, still you, uh, it's sometimes harder to find time aside to to actually do that to sure. to 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 pick that up. But in that sense, um, uh, opening God's Word, being sensitive to what He is saying, that comes back to this idea of walking with the Spirit. Of say, wow. You wake up and say, well, Lord, I want to walk in the Spirit to with you today. I don't want to walk in the flesh. This idea of putting on, putting off, uh, like, yeah, let's let's start the day. Yeah, and I, I, I really see that the days that I start the day uh, ignoring that, or it, it doesn't, it's not always a willful, like, I have to admit, it's sometimes it's a willful ignorance that I don't like the idea of reading Scripture. Uh, but those days are typically uh, not very good, not very good days. And then you'll find that at the end of the day, is that you trace back of where did it go wrong, yeah. and that's typically at the beginning of the day that it, that it went wrong. Uh, and then the days that, by God's grace, went well are typically those days where you said, "Well, let me step aside for myself of what I want to do this day, and let's start with." What you want me to do today, uh, and so in that sense, it's it's sort of the 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 godly walk. It sort of envelops in 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 this an obedient walk, but also a pursuance of of of, of holiness, but pursuing God's will. So it's sort of it's it's all enveloped. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Now this sermon and this discussion is coming in the context of a series studying the person and work of the Holy yeah. Spirit in our lives. 
And so the last question is is really to that point. Uh, I think we've talked about it, but I want to be more explicit about it. How do you see the Holy Spirit specifically involved in the sanctification process, whether it's positional or progressive? How do we highlight the third person of the Godhead in this work? Yeah. So the very interesting thing is that you would think that the Holy Spirit would be a lot involved in the process of uh, holiness or sanctification. And the interesting case is if you read the New Testament, and that's where I had to stop and make a selection of, of uh, because there is so much more. But it seems that the entire Trinity is involved in the process oh, of sure. sanctification. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, 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 I don't want to unravel. I think there's meaning to, to, to each and every uh, aspect of the Trinity in that process. Uh, there, but I think you have to be a bit careful then to unravel of this is what the, what the Son is doing, this is what the Spirit is doing. But I think in, in, in when what Peter writes about uh, people being chosen or elected to the foreknowledge of God the Father, uh, uh, sanctified by the Spirit, that seems to make sense that it's, it's, it's God the Father who knows who belongs to his family and it's in, in, in the spirit or in the spiritual realm mm-hmm. if you wish that, that we're being sanctified there by the sprinkling of, 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 of the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can, I can see that. Do I know exactly what the spirit is doing? <laughs> there? No, not really. But do I see the whole trinity at yeah. work there in, 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 in our positioning? Yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can see that. Uh, and then in the practical uh, process of sanctification, I think I did mention on Sunday about the fruit of the spirit and the works of the flesh. But then the interesting thing up there is that you don't really see that it's the spirit at work. It uh, it says you walk with the spirit. Uh, you can do the deeds of the flesh, which is opposite of of the spirit. So it's almost like, yeah, you can either choose to walk by the Spirit or live in your flesh. And then it's very matter-of-factually that Paul writes, well, if you do the works of the flesh, let, let me here give you some examples of what, what the flesh mm-hmm. will do. Your, your, your stomach churns when you yeah. read that list. And I think, I don't want to do that. And I think that's what Paul was trying to say. You don't want to yeah. do that because that's what, what living in the flesh will work out. So, But he doesn't say, well, then uh, do the deeds of the Spirit or so. He said, just walk by the Spirit, and this, this is what will blossom and flower. Yeah. Uh, this is what the fruit of that will, will be. And I think so often we try to pursue the works of the, of the fruit of the Spirit, mm. but I don't think it says that. It, it says, walk by the Spirit, and then this is what will happen mm-hmm. in, in your life. If you choose to live by the, uh, if you choose to walk in the flesh, yeah. Or well, you're not going anywhere. You're just doing the deeds of the flesh. Yeah. You don't. You're not actually walking. Uh, so if you sit in the flesh, let me put it like mm-hmm. that, then this is what's gonna what's coming gonna come out of out of that. And I think that comes back to what you asked earlier about why should we pursue holiness? Well, first of all, because God asks. But the second is because the alternative is uh, brings death. Brings death. Yeah. And that's one of the verses that I left out. Uh, was in then further on in Galatians, Paul reiterates in Galatians six that says if you sow on the uh, if you sow in your flesh, you're gonna reap death, and it's almost that he says well you can work on the flesh, but he said well you can you can continue to mm-hmm. work in the flesh, but then it becomes sowing. 
Yeah, what, what do you expect then? Yeah. And I think that's that's on the one hand that that should be a deterrent picture of yeah, this is what you could live as a believer. You could live in the flesh. You could do that. And you could sow in the flesh. And that means that there is nothing useful for God in your life. That means that maybe you will pick up something in sin that will cut your life short. Because mm-hmm. death there is not just metaphorically, I think. It can also be just literal. You you, you reap what you sow. Uh, and God cannot use any of that. Does that mean that your salvation is at stake? I don't think so. Does that mean that... You fail to be useful. You fail to be useful for God, where you could have walked in the Spirit. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think that's the alternative: is yeah. walk in the Spirit, and then there will be life, eternal, eternal life out yeah. of that. It's a huge calling and a complicated issue. Uh, to boil it down, though, we would just say, by the work of the Holy Spirit, we are sealed in Christ yeah. by Him, and because we are in Christ, we are positionally holy. Praise yeah. God. Rest in that celebrate that, know that more and more. Let that color the way you live this life from the freedom of total sanctification in Christ. But then as you stare at that, we are called to put aside the deeds of the flesh, that old man, that old woman in there that is beckoning us toward death, and instead submit to the work of the Spirit that lives in you to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. And it's it's a wonderful privilege and along with that comes abiding in Christ, comes relationship, comes assurance, comes all of those wonderful things when we walk in the Spirit. Um, it is a complicated issue, like you rightly said, and try to, sometimes it's, it can be helpful to parse out, you know, where the Son is working, the Father, the Spirit, and and where does regeneration and the drawing and the sealing, and all these things, we're, some, sometimes we have to do that to try to understand, but then sometimes it's to our detriment because they all overlap and it's just the spirit and the son and the father working all together for his glory and our good. But again, we hope that this was helpful, even if it was a little bit confusing. But listener, we hope that you are more in awe now of the work of the spirit in your life and that you are more motivated to pursue holiness for his glory and for our good. And so until next time, go with grace and peace and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are encouraged and learned something new. Visit oakridgebiblechapel.org to listen to sermons and for more information.